Have you ever been weighed down with worry, concern, or fear? What about unforgiveness? Well, in this episode, I'm going to share about a personal experience where I felt the burden and pain of unforgiveness. But I also want to share with you what that physical and emotional weight of the burden of unforgiveness can have on you as well. But I also want you to stick around to the end because I do have a special offer to you. So I hope you enjoy this episode of The 318 Project. This is The 318 Project, a guide to equip men through godly principles and develop as husbands, fathers, and sons. And now, your host, Ryan Hare. Hello, I'm Ryan Hare, and this is The 318 Project. So what does God say about unforgiveness? Well, in Luke chapter 6, verses 37 through 38, it says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, a lot of times, at least for me growing up in church, when I always heard these verses, it was kind of during the time of tithe and offering. And it was always that part of give and it will be given back to you. And it was kind of not always a prosperity thought, but again, that if you're being faithful, God's going to be faithful in returning and, and blessing you, not just in the financial, but physical, spiritual, whatever it may be. But we also, if you look at John chapter 20, verse 23, it says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So what's it saying here is that a lot of times if you do not forgive, you're holding on to that sin of hurt and pain. Now, Albert Einstein says insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And that's what a lot of times we do in some of these situations. We keep repeating those same actions in our lives, and we wonder why there's no different results. So I want to ask you something. What are you holding on to? Could it be a work relationship that you were overlooked for a promotion? Maybe somebody went behind your back and got you written up. How about church? Have you ever felt like you weren't being used as in what you thought was a calling or felt as a calling and just haven't been used? How about in your marriage? Has there been an affair? Um, has there been situations where just there's tension and you've held on to things? Maybe you've gone through a divorce. How about with your children? Maybe you feel like you're just not being respected like you would hope or that something has been done and you've been wronged. How about being abused? Maybe as a child or young person, you had a situation in your life where you were abused physically, emotionally, mentally, verbally, You maybe neglected, or just simply felt rejected by those, your peers around you. So I want to tell you the story and the situation where I dealt with unforgiveness. Now, I've never mentioned it on the podcast, but I was previously married before. We were young, just early 20s, and I felt that this was something I prayed about, and I felt like this was the woman for me in my life. 
We had been married for a couple years, and unfortunately, she had decided to move on from this relationship and this marriage. We went through the divorce, and it was very hard. But over time, we were still somewhat friends. We were very together of because, again, the situation was I had gone to the church that she was a part of. She had stopped going to church, but she had a lot of friends and family. So there was still some connections, and we were on good terms even years later, and we'd both gotten remarried. So I'll fast forward to about 2009. Now, I had gone through all the books. I had rededicated my life, was working on my marriage with April. And as I talked before, there was the gentleman in my life that had become a real dear friend and mentor, Jack King. Well, during that time in early 2009, I went to him saying, Jack, what can I do to help your ministry? I want to be more involved with your ministry. What can I do? And he was like, I'm glad you asked. I have the book. I have this book that I've written and I want to put a workbook to it to make it into a a curriculum type book, just a partner book. He says, can you do the workbook, create the workbook for me? And in my naive time, I was like, sure, I'll do that. And then after I walk away, I was kind of like, what have I just done? I'm not a writer. I don't know really what I'm doing. But I prayed about it. And I reflected on my time on the fire department where we have to study for promotional exams. And when you study for these exams, you have to put your time. It's basically you set aside a lot of your, your life for two months to study. And during that time... As you're reading this material, you look at every sentence in the book, books that they give you, and you say, what can become a question out of this sentence? And that's how you look in your material as you study. So that was the approach I took to Jack's book. And I had read it before, but during this time, it just I really absorbed in reading every sentence to, can I bring a question from this, this sentence that I'm reading? Well, during that time as well, my mother-in-law had been very sick and she had to have some surgery and she had we had to go down to Fort Lauderdale for this surgeon where he was a specialty at. And so we were there for several days with her as as a family. We were all together during that time with the surgery. So while sitting several hours a day in this waiting area, I had the book with me and I was going through it and creating the questions and everything and the answers to make a workbook for him. But it was during this time that God really put on my heart and he was showing me things. And Jack's book's title is called The Unnatural Act of Forgiveness. So as I'm going through this book, it's just more and more that God is putting on my heart to reach out to my ex-wife. So at the end of everything, I went to my wife, April, and I said, hey, this is what I want to do. I just feel it's on my heart to contact her, you know, email, message, Facebook message, which is what I was doing this early time of Facebook. So we were Facebook friends on there. So I was like, I'm going to message her. But I told April, I said, this is what I want to do. I'm messaging her because I didn't want anything to come back from other people saying, hey, I heard from your ex-wife that you got in contact with her. Does April know? And and her, them going to tell her, saying, you know, look what he's doing. He's going behind your back. 
So I was clearing that up that there would be no confusion and nothing thinking that I was trying to do anything to destroy my marriage. And like I said, she had even gone on and gotten remarried and we both had children at this time. So we both had families of our own. So I went through the situation of just typing out this message and it wasn't so much of me saying, I forgive you for what you've done to me. And like I said, I really don't want to go into the situation, the story of that, but it was what I had done those years after we had been divorced because when people found out I had been divorced, I'm like, oh, yes, she did this to me. She did this. She's the one that left. She's the one that ran away from the marriage, didn't want to try and get any kind of reconciliation or go to counseling. And so when I was looking at all this, I was realizing that I was kind of bashing her and I was taking my hate and anger, anger out on her. So in that message that I sent, I asked her to forgive me for the way I had talked about her behind her back. So after I finished that, I then go and you hit the send button on the computer. And it was like moments after that. And you know, the little scenario they always have of the cartoon or whatever the thing is of the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. And it was literally like this devil, not the physically, but just that voice, that inner voice of him of Satan just trying to get into your mind, in my mind, of saying, oh, now you've done it. Look what you did. You, you sent this message to her. She's going to think you want her back, and things are going bad in your marriage now, and, you know, different things. And and it was that struggle of, you know, again, not trying to listen to what Satan said. And I was like, finally at that point, I was like, no, I'm at peace with this. I've sent it. God, God put it on my heart. I did it. I'm done. And I did feel a peace during that time that I had done it, you know, whether she responded or not, I felt at peace that I had done my part. So then it was probably a week later that I get a ping response of replying to that message. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a, in a moment. But here's the thing. So many times we carry those emotions and that baggage from a hurt relationship, from a hurt marriage, failed marriage, whatever it may be, we carry it into that next situation or that next relationship. And Dr. Cole says this. This is a quote that he says, and I love it. It says, we do two things in life. We enter and leave. How we leave determines how we will enter. So a lot of times when you leave a situation you carry over that emotions, those that baggage, that whatever it may be, those feelings and emotions you carry into that next situation. And that's what we see a lot of times is people are carrying that hurt and pain from a previous marriage. They take it into that next marriage, whether they were the person that did the hurting or were hurt. And the thing is, you know, a lot of times, even when we feel like we have made peace with that spouse or that person that has done us wrong, a lot of times we still hold on to that bitterness and hate. And we're hoping that karma will pay them back. That part of the hate and anger, maybe you said you would get over it and you've gotten over it, and you don't have that hate towards them, but you never ask or gave true forgiveness 
from that situation. And, and it's kind of like the, the, the metaphor of, are you drinking the poison hoping that person's going to die? So you're still holding on to that situation. That, and that resentment and that part of, yes, they did me wrong. They need to come back to me and beg me for forgiveness. And then maybe if I feel good enough or you catch me on a good day, I'll forgive you. While God is wanting us to take that time, even if we're hurt, but still holding on to that, to ask them or or forgive them, but not just forgive, but release it of that person that's wronged us. And maybe sometimes it's us asking for forgiveness that we are holding on to that hurt and pain. So what happened at the end of this, this message where she responded, well, she responded back saying that she understood my side of the story because she admitted that she was wrong in what she had done and for leaving the marriage and not, not wanting to try and work it out. And she had some other issues from going back when she was a, a teenager and just trying to get away from some situations. And she felt like just running from that situation into the marriage was going to help. But at the end was where it was key. She said, I forgive you. I'm glad you came to me in this, gave your piece of why you feel this way and why I was asking for forgiveness. And she said, I forgave you back at Facebook friend request. And that point, at that moment, it was like somebody had come up to me and the best way I can explain it was it you know for me being on the fire department when we go into a fire we have all our gear on well for us to breathe we have to have an scba on that air bottle and the mask and everything well that scba pack air pack on our back can weigh 50 pounds so by the time you you know in other gear you know it's there's a lot of weight so you're carrying all this weight with tools the air pack your gear so in the end, you're sometimes 75 to 100 pounds extra on your body and on your back. And it was at that moment that it felt like somebody had come behind me and taken that air pack off. It was literally like somebody had taken a 50-pound weight off of my back and shoulders. I literally felt my my back arched up like I could stand up straight more, and I took a deep breath and it was that peace and calm that I, I couldn't, I'd never really felt that way before on that part. And at that moment, I realized what Jack had been talking about in his book of forgiveness, because in his book, he talks about how he went after the man that had put a hit to kill his dad and had his dad killed. Because when at first I read the book, I'm like, I can't relate to this. But that part of forgiveness and unforgiveness and holding on to it really stuck to me. And that was what was that moment. And it's that unforgiveness in any situation like that will certainly, will certainly shut doors to the chance of restoring a broken relationship. And that's what it did. Even though we didn't become like close, close friends and hang out, she had moved on. But it was just that closure of a door that I, we were able to close and move on. And it strengthened through all that. Me letting that go and me making that right made my marriage 
uh, now even stronger. And that's where Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15 really plays into this as well. It says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And again, it's that part of letting it go and giving it all to God and just making, trying to make those things right in that situation. But when you look back at this, the disciples, they didn't ask God, well, what do we do about forgiving or if somebody's hurt us? If you look in verses 9 through 13, before those verses, they've gone to Jesus to say, teach us how to pray. And Jesus gives them the Lord's Prayer of, of, of a sense of how to pray. But he also then follows with this, because you can't really get a full grasp of when you're praying if you're still holding on to things in your life. And like I said, it's it's when you're holding on to things. Now, here is that other big point. And this is my final point of we're talking, been talking about when people hurt us, hurt us and that us forgiving them. How can I forgive somebody or how can I ask somebody for forgiveness if they've passed away? Say you've had a parent. Maybe they were abusive. Maybe they were an alcoholic. Never there. Whatever the situation, maybe it's just somebody. But that person has passed away and you can't physically go to them and ask for forgiveness. Maybe you can, in a way, go to that gravesite. And just say, hey, I'm sorry. And you're taking it at the same time, not just to them physically, because they can't respond, but you're taking it to God and saying, I am forgiving this person for what they've done to me. I'm letting it go. I'm releasing it. God, it is in your hands. And it's that same feeling of, because so many times I've heard the stories from Jack King and how he worked with Dr. Cole of where they would do those ministry times, altar calls, having people come up and addressing that release time of those that were hurt and how they would see the people break down and cry because they were asking for forgiveness in that situation of the things of the things that they were holding on to that were done to them and that hate and bitterness for that person. But here is that final thing. It's not just always about marriage, your coworkers, your family members, that have hurt you. When we come to God, you know, we come to Christ and we make that confession of faith. We, you know, we pray and say, God, forgive me of my sins. And that's the, one of the greatest feelings to have is when you've made that confession and God saves your soul and you know, that have that peace that you're going to go to heaven. Doesn't thing make things there. Everything's going to go away and the rest of your life is going to be free of any trials and, and tough situations, you're still going to have those tough times that Satan's going to come against you. And here's one of the things that Satan does want to do. It says he's the accuser of the brethren. So he's always coming to find ways to accuse you, try and tear you down, and make you feel like you're worthless. And like I said, this was what he, in that thought time of when I sent that message, was, oh, now you've done it. You're trying to do this thing. But how about if he comes and says, what are you doing? You're not qualified. Who, who, who do you think you are to, to lead this Sunday school class or teach this, this lesson to men 
Who do you think you are to step out in ministry? You've done this in your past. You were an addict. You were a drug addict. You you were addicted to pornography. You've already been divorced. You think God's going to use you? And so many times we will buy into the lie of Satan and believe it ourselves. And so who is the one person that we struggle with the most to forgive? It is ourself. Yes, we have the hardest time forgiving ourselves of our past mistakes. But that's what God is there for. He has that grace and mercy that he takes not just the sin, but the shame away. But that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to bring back the shame. But God said, you know, he's cast it into the sea as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered anymore. And that's what we have to remember so many times is that, yes, we've had that past. We've had those situations. But those times of failures becomes our testimony of what God has done. And that's what we need to reflect on and remember that not only is it asking and seeking forgiveness from others, but it's that time to forgive yourself and release. So I want to thank you for joining me on this episode of the 318 Project. And like I said, this was something that's very dear to my heart because I know, like I said, how the power of forgiveness can have on you. So I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that I had a special offer. Well, what is it, you may be asking? Well, I'm doing a giveaway, and I'm going to give five of Jack King's books, The Unnatural Act of Forgiveness, to five listeners. So how do you enter? Well, I'm going to put a link in the show notes, and if you can, send me your name and email and the email link that I'm going to provide. And after a few weeks, I'll do a drawing to determine the winners, and I will then get in touch with you about getting your addresses and being able to ship you the book. Now, I know there are some international situations where we can't ship to certain locations, and if that is the case, again, I will make an arrangement to send you something as in, in exchange for that. When we determine it, I will let you know. But that's what I'm wanting to do. I'm wanting to bless you guys with a copy of this book that really touched and ministered to me. Now, there is one catch. You have until March 1st of 2021 to enter. After that, the contest will be closed. Guys, I appreciate you taking this time to listen to this episode, listening to what's been on my heart to share with you about forgiveness and how it can be so powerful. And again, guys, if you can take that time to like the podcast, subscribe if you haven't been subscribing, and even comment if there's a way to comment. Send me a comment of what you think of the show. But I also want you to share it with other men because they sometimes may need to hear these things that you are hearing. And I just want to be able to bless them as well. And guys, I thank you, and I want you to have a blessed and wonderful day. Thank you for joining on this adventure of integrity and honor in godly masculinity. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with other men. And remember to keep building faithful men.